Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. In Parshas Toldos, we have the birth of Yaakov and Esav. I want to just speak out a very strong question that the Mepharshim ask on a Stephen Rashi. In Perech Hafei Pasach of Zion, the Pasach says, Vayigdulu Hanoorim, and the boys grew up, Yaakov and Esav grew up, Vayhi Esav Ishodeya Tzayid Ishsadeh, the Yaakov Ishtom Yoshev Ohalim. And Yaakov was a, was a hunter, who was the Odea Tzayed, a man of the field, and Yaakov was an Ishtom Yoshev Ohalim. Rashi says over there, Vayigdulu Hanoorim Vayhi Esav, Zok Rashi, Kolzman Shahayu Ketanim, so long that they were Ketanim, Lohayu Nikarim B'Maseihem, they were not recognizable in their actions, and no one was exacting in them what was their nature. You basically could not tell them apart. They both went to Cheder, they both did their homework, they both ate supper, they did what they had to do. They weren't Nikr B'maseyim. Once they got older and they reached the age of 13, So Yaakov went out to the base Medrash, and when Yaakov went to night later for the, for, for the base Medrash, so Esav went out to Avodah Zarah. So at 13, Rashi says, that's when you were able to tell the difference between Yaakov and Esav. But if you look a few psukim later, when Yaakov was making the lentil soup and Esav comes in, it says, Vayozid Yaakov nozid, that Yaakov was making the lentil soup, Vayovo Esav and Asadav Huayev. And Esav came in from the field and he was tired. So Rashi says, well, we, we wrote a Pasuk, Pasuk Lamed, Vayomer Esav al-Yaakov, and Esav says to Yaakov, Haliteni no min ha-adom ha-adom hazeh, ki ayif anochi. He says, give me some of that red stuff. Al-Kain kara shmo Edom. Therefore, his name was called Edom. So Rashi over here discusses, what does it mean min ha-adom ha-adom hazeh? So Rashi says, Adoshim adumos. It's referring to red lentils. And he was making lentil soup. Zog Rashi, why was he making lentil soup? That very day, Avraham Avinu died. And lentils is a food that Avelim eat because it's round, so it represents the uh, cycle of life. So lentils is one of the foods that Avelim eat. So Yaakov is making lentil soup because that was a day that Avraham Avinu was nifter. Why was he nifter but after that day? So Zakrashi, Shiloyira es Esav ben beno Yose letarbus ra'a. Hashem made Avraham die that day so he shouldn't see Esav, his grandson, going off the derech. Ve'enzu seva tova shiftich la'kadosh baruchu. That's not the ripe old age that Hashem promised him. Lefikach kitzer ha'kadosh baruchu heishana mishanosav. Therefore Hashem took off five years from his life. She'yitzchak chai kuf peishana. That Yitzchak lived to 180, and Avram only lived to 175. So Pasha should have lived like to 180 like Yitzchak did. He was taken five years early at 175, so he shouldn't see his grandson going off the derech. Fine. And Yaakov was making the, cooking the lentil soup, the lentils, so to give that as a food to the oval. Fine. Now if you do the math, if Avram died that day and Avram was 175, and we know Avram gave birth to Yitzchak when he was 100, so the day that Avram died at 175, so Yitzchak was 75, and we know from earlier in the parsha it says that Yaakov and Esau were born when Yitzchak was 60, so if 
Avram was 175 when he dies. It means that day Yitzchak was 75, which means Yaakov and Esav was 15. And Rashi says he died that day, so he shouldn't see his grandson Esav going off the derech. So clearly Rashi is telling us that he was 15 when he went off the derech. But Rashi just before told us, and until they were 13, they were not nukur b'maseihem. And then when they became 13, so Yaakov went to the base Medrash, and Esav went to the base of Arizara. So Smamish Estira and these two Chazals, was he 13 when he went off the derech, or was he 15 when he went off the derech? This question is asked by the Mepharshim. It's a very strong kasha. There is an answer that is brought down. It's very hard, it's very hard to, uh, to hear it. It's not, it's not in this Chumash, but in the, uh, in the Das of the Canaan, the Baliatosos, which is not here, um, he asked the Kasha. It's not, not all of the Mu'or Chumash have it in the back. We don't need it. But the, uh, the Das of the Canaan says that the Pshat is, he brings in the Yushalmi. Now, I didn't see the Yushalmi inside, but he says the Pshat is that when he was 13, he started doing shady business. He did a Pitsina, the Matmonim, he says. He did it in hiding. And he went public when he was 15. That's the answer that the Das of Canaan brings to the Yerushalmi. My difficulty with that, I didn't see the Yerushalmi inside, so I don't know exactly how he's bringing down the two sides. But from the Rashi that says that it was 13, it very much doesn't sound like it was in hiding, because Rashi says that on, while they were Ketanim, they weren't Nikr b'masehim. And then when they were 13, he went out to the base Medrash, he went out to Avodah So he went out to Avodah and it sounds from Rashi that that's when it was Nikr b'maseyim. So for me, it's just hard to understand how that will answer the Kasha, that when he was 13, he was doing it b'tzinah b'matmonim, and then more public by 15, the way Rashi brings it down, it does seem like he was going out to the base of Arizara. It does seem like it was Nikr at that point, the difference in Yaakov and Esav. But that's the answer that the Yushalmi gives, brought down by the Das Kanim. But I wanted to more discuss the Kasha, the stira, and whether Esav went off the derech when he was 13 years old, or if he went off the derech when he was 15 years old. He had to give you 75 million. He had them or they were conceived? They were born when he was 60. They came out? Or it, doesn't, it doesn't make such an afkamina because it would only be a nine-month difference. But it says that they were born. It says when they were born. The Pasuk says... We'll read the exact lesson of the Pasuk. It says... The Yitzchok ben Shishim Shana Beledes Osam. They were born. He was 60. So now he's 75, so they were 15. Okay, that is point number one. Let's move on to another, another Nakuda. And that is, I would like to just make a very important diuk uh, in the Pesukim later on. We know the story that Yitzchok told Esav to go hunting for him and to bring him food. That way he can eat it, he can and he can give him a bracha before he dies. And we all know the story that Rivka overhears the conversation between Yitzchak and Esav and she's concerned that she doesn't want the brachas going to Esav. She wants Yaakov to get the brachas so she calls in Yaakov and she tells him to go fast and, and, and uh, beat him to the punch and that he should get the brachas instead of Esav. But if you look at the psukim inside, if you look at the psukim inside, there's a, there's a very incredible insight and from here I believe that we can learn a tremendous lesson in, uh, in, in Midos and how to act in certain cases and see a tremendous Midos that Rifka Imenu exhibits over here. So the Pasuk says that Yitzchak calls in Esav and he tells him to go, to go hunting and bring him the food. Then the Pasuk says in Perach of Zion Pasuk, hey, 
It says, V'rivka shomas bedaber Yitzchak al Esav b'no. And Rivka hears when Yitzchak was talking to Esav. Vayelach Esav asada and Esav went out to go hunting. And now we have the psukim where Rivka is telling Yaakov what he should do. So I'm going to read the words and it's a very interesting insight that we're going to see from the actual words of the Pasuk. V'rivka omra al Yaakov b'no. And Rivka says to Yaakov, her son, Behold, I have heard your father telling Esav, your brother, saying, you know, go bring me the food and I'll eat it and I'll give you a bracha before I die. Now my son, listen to my voice. Listen to me what I am going to tell you. Go out to the zone. And bring me two gishmaka goats. And I'll make it into gishmaka steaks that Tati likes. And you'll bring it to your father, and he will eat it. That way he'll give you a bracha before he dies. Now if you'll notice in the actual words of the psukim, there's not one word of concern that she is voicing. There's no, oh no, what's going to be? Go fast to beat Esav. We got to get the brachos away from Esav. There's no word about tricking, about rushing, about concern. All it says is, now my son, listen to what I tell you. Go out to the animals, bring me two goats. I'll make them the way your father likes them. You'll bring it to your father. He'll eat it. So he gives you a bracha before he dies. It's almost ki'ilu she's saying, Hey Yaakov, I heard your father Yitzchak telling Esau to bring him food so he can get a bracha. That's a great idea. Why don't you also bring him food so you can also get a bracha? It sounds from the actual psukim that there was no rush, there was no concern, there was no alarm. She was just saying, you also bring him food and get a bracha. That is very clear from the reading of the psukim where there's no mention of hurrying up or getting it instead of Esav, or rushing back. All she says is, go bring me animals, and I will make them into food your father likes. You will bring it to him, and you'll get a bracha before he dies. Of course, the response of Yaakov is, but Esav is hairy, and I'm not, and your father's gonna, he's gonna know about it if he touches me. And she says, okay, so I'll give you other clothing to put on, so he won't be able to tell the difference. But in her initial... In her initial speaking to Yaakov, telling him what to do, she exhibits no concern, no rush, nothing. So I would just like to suggest that we see from here that Rivka was concerned that a lot of times when people are worried about something, they get alarmed, so they bring it up to someone in a very alarmed way. It throws them off. They get very tumult about it. And she had a tremendous and she understood that if she brings it up to Yaakov in an alarmed way, it would throw him off. He wouldn't necessarily be able to go through with it. She brought it up to him in the most calm way, the most relaxed way. It was a big concern for her. She wanted him to go fast. She wanted him to get there before Esav. She wanted him to get the brachos before Esav, but she didn't mention any of that. She said it in the most calm way that it will be niskabel by the other person. Sometimes we're worried about something. We bring it up to someone else and we totally over overdo it and it throws the other person off they're not able to go through with what we want them to go through we see the tremendous equanimity the the relaxation that Rivka exhibited in order to get Yaakov to do what she needed him to do which was actually something that was against his nature I believe that we also find this later on in the Parsha, the same Mida coming out by Rivka at the end of the Parsha when Esau finds out that Yaakov stole the brachos 
So in no uncertain terms, Esav says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill him. I'm going to kill him. And the Pasuk says that Rivka found out about it. And Rivka was concerned. So Rivka went to, to Yaakov and she said, run, run for your life. Esav wants to kill you. Run for your life. Go to Lavan. So right after she says, run for your life, I'll call you back. When Esav calms down, it says, Vatome Rivka el Yitzchak. And Rivka goes to Yitzchak and she says, I can't deal with these benosches. In lokeach Yaakov isha benosches. If Yaakov will take a wife from benosches, ka'ela mibnosaaras lamalichayim. What's life to me? I can't have Yaakov marrying the girls from here. Here, Rivka was concerned that Yaakov was about to kill Esav. She wants Yaakov that Esav was about to run and kill Yaakov, and she wants Yaakov to run for his life. And she told him that. Because he had to get out as soon as possible. But when she goes to Yitzchak and she presents her case, she doesn't even address the issue at hand. She doesn't say Esav wants to kill Yaakov. She realized that would not be discovered by Yitzchak so easily. It will be long discussion. It will take a long time to convince them that Esav is not the person that he thinks he is. And we have to work on things. Instead, she goes with the most relaxation, even though she was very concerned and she was very alarmed for Yaakov's life. And she says to him, I can't have Yaakov marrying the girls from over here. And Yitzhak understands that he calls in Yaakov and he commands him to go get married in Padan Aram. But you see the same Mida again. She was alarmed. She was concerned that Esau is going to kill Yaakov. But when she presents it to Yitzhak, she knows if she presents it in an alarming way, it's not going to be in the scabble. It's not a two-second conversation. But if it's about him getting married, it's a two-second conversation. So she says in a very relaxed way, I can't deal with the fact that Yaakov is going to marry a girl from here. Let's send them away to get married. And Yitzhak sends them away to get married. But you see again the same midah of Menuchas HaNefesh and dealing with things in the proper mindset, not in an alarmed way. Whenever things are dealt with in an alarmed way, it gets a much more confusing. It gets a much more complicated. It gets much more difficult. But instead, when she's speaking to Yaakov about making the food for his father so he can get the brachel, she doesn't know about tricking. She doesn't know about rushing. She doesn't show any alarm. And here where Yaakov's life is at risk, she realizes the best way that she has for Yitzchak to send Yaakov away is to simply tell him, I don't think we could have Yaakov marrying the girls from over here. Let's, let's, uh, let's not have him marry these girls. These girls, Imkain, Lama Lichayim, it's too serious for me. I can't have Yaakov marrying these girls. And Yitzchak understands that it's time, time to send Yaakov away. And that's the way she has Yaakov's life saved by presenting it in a different way just so that she shouldn't throw off the one who she is speaking to and he's able to send them away with Menuchas and Nefesh of the proper mindset. That's the Midah that Rivka is exhibiting, in my opinion, in two places, that she doesn't get alarmed, she doesn't get worked up, but she keeps her Menuchas and Nefesh, she keeps her serenity, and she's able to get her point across and accomplish what she wants to get accomplished. It's a tremendous Midah, we should all learn from her, to have this Midah, not get worked up when something has to be dealt with, but to deal with it in the most relaxed way we can. Again, we don't control the things that happen, we can show how we deal with it. And one thing that we see from here, the best way to deal with any area of concern is in the most relaxed way. That's the way we'll get the... That's the way you get things accomplished is by talking about it relaxed and calm and not making it a very alarming situation. You have been listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shearim on many topics or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including Mara McClemus on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. 
That's 203-312-7427 or email info at shasilluminated.org.